This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Father, I just want to thank you, Lord God, that you never change. You are an amazing, wonderful, awesome God. Thank you, Father God, for your beautiful presence in this place. Thank you for the privilege that we have of being able to gather to give you the glory and the praise and the honor that you so deserve, that you are so worthy of. And tonight, precious Father, I thank you for your word that never changes, that never fails, that never returns void. And I thank you for this awesome, awesome privilege that I have of being able to share this word. But I know that I'm nothing without you. And so tonight, Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. I submit myself completely to you. And thank you that you would take this word into, as a a, a seed into, into the deep, healthy soil of our hearts, that it would grow and that it would bear much fruit in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, praise God, everybody. So, you know, I was just feeling that this is such an appropriate message that I have tonight, and I'm so excited about it because, you know, three days ago on Thursday was a public holiday in America, and the cause of it is this Thanksgiving. I mean, can you imagine, family, that an entire country would actually declare a public holiday for one reason only, and that is to give thanksgiving and pray to God? Isn't that awesome? Amen. So that's really why I just think it's so awesome. We were so, we were so blessed a few years ago to actually be in, in San Antonio during Thanksgiving. And, you know, it's a crazy time because people really take it seriously. I mean, they travel. Families just really want to be together. You can't move at the airports because they actually fly interstate to be with their families to have this time of Thanksgiving. In actual fact, many of the Americans will say to you that Thanksgiving is almost to them kind of more important than Christmas. For this reason only, that Christmas has become about the lights and the presents and the celebrations where Thanksgiving focuses on the Lord. Isn't that incredible? So kind of, you know, got to thinking about where did it all begin? And it goes way, way back, this day of Thanksgiving. In fact, let me just add this. The craziest thing for me is this, is that the reason that they, they would be together with their family, so they would do their Christmas shopping on the Friday, and then what happened is that all the retailers picked up on this, and hence the Black Friday thing happened, right? And isn't it weird that we would adopt doing Black Friday, but we don't do Thanksgiving? What's with that? Anyway, let's look at the origins of Thanksgiving, the day of Thanksgiving, and where it all began. It goes way back to the years between 1861 and 1865. And any of you who know a little bit about American history will know that that was the time of the Civil War in America. It was actually one of the worst, deadliest, terrible wars on American soil. And at that time, the president was Abraham Lincoln. And during all this devastation, he actually declared this day that they would give thanks. I mean, that's just amazing, family, because it was really, really bad. It was one of the worst wars ever. And in the middle of all of this, in fact, I want to just read this to you. This over here is a quote from the History Channel. It says, the conflict was the costliest and the deadliest war ever fought on American soil. Listen to this. With some 620,000 soldiers of 2.4 million that were killed and many more injured. I mean, mean, children were dying. Moms and dads were dying. Husbands and wives were dying. It It was just terrible. 
And this was in this worst, in the middle of this huge challenge, the president says we're going to have a day of thanksgiving and prayer. Now, if we consider this, it is said that the absence of thankfulness is self-trust. Suddenly it starts making a little bit of sense. Thankfulness is actually one of the most powerful weapons that God has given to us. And so tonight I want to share with you some concepts of really why God is building in us to be thankful people. And then I want to show you just a couple of enemies to try and stop us from living the thankful life. And then I want to show you three important areas that we can intentionally practice living this life of thankfulness and gratitude. See, I'm sure all of you that are here right now, you would say, you know what, I, I am a, a thankful person. And I mean, we, we are, you know, we, we cultivate having a thankful heart, isn't it? I mean, I want you to think for one moment. In fact, let me just say this, that when we were in San Antonio a few years ago, Apostle Theon and Dr. Baird invited us to come and spend this day of Thanksgiving with them. And it was just so beautiful. I mean, it's all those things like you see on the movies, you know, the turkey and, I mean, you know, and the sort of, and let me tell you, it, it's autumn in, in America, which is, I mean, it's just breathtaking. It is so beautiful. And they dress everything, the decor is all in these autumn shades. It really, really is spectacular. But here's the thing, family. As soon as we prayed over the food, each and every person, I mean, even the little ones, had an opportunity to express something that they were specifically thankful for. And I want to ask you that tonight. If you were there, if you were sitting around that table with your family, what would be the thing or the things that you would express to be especially thankful for? I know for me, and I'm not saying this just because I want to sound super spiritual, but I really, really, for me, I'm so thankful for this church. I really, really am. Because I know where I was before I came here. And I'm so thankful to God for the uncompromised word of God that I've heard week after week after every single service. That It's just grown me and still does. I'm so very, very grateful for that. But now here's the thing. You know, we have this, these things that we are so thankful to God for, all those things that just came to mind. But is it possible that maybe, just maybe, we've got this thing over here, that maybe it was something bad that happened in our life, Maybe it was something that we really see the work of the enemy there. And so I just feel that, you know what, I don't really want to be thankful for that. I, I really cannot give thanks in that situation. Because, you know what, that's just a bad thing. But I want to give you the scripture, and I promised you this this morning, a scripture that will tell you what is the will of God for your life. And it's found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. And it says, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now it doesn't say, you know, well, in almost everything. And you know, this thing over here, well, you know, I get it. I mean, I know that was a bad thing. I, I understand that in that situation, you, you actually can't give thanks. That's not what he said, family. That's not what he said. He said, you know, just keep trying. He said, in everything. And everything still means everything as far as I know. <laughs> in everything, give thanks. And so we kind of have to confront this issue now, this disappointment, this bad thing, this thing that kind of hangs over us that might be here. And while I'm cultivating my thankfulness over here, this thing over here that I'm not dealing with is now beginning to haunt me. Consider this. Any area of my life that I'm unable or unwilling to give thanks, that area will have a measure of influence 
in my life, control over my life, a voice where it should not have a voice. And then I go to God and I'm like, why is this thing still hassling me so much? Well, simply because I haven't drowned it in thanksgiving. Why does this thing keep coming back? Because I haven't given thanks. Because I've prayed and I think I'm, hearing, I'm using my faith. But until I say, thank you, I'm not receiving it. How many times do we see Apostle Theo doing that right in front of us? Where he says, just say thank you. And you see those legs growing out. Just say thank you. Family, there's, there's amazing power, I believe, in, in thanksgiving. In fact, if we look at James chapter 1 verse 2, it reads, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. What does that mean? It means that we're going to go through stuff. That's all it means. But he never, ever tells us that we have to be thankful for the stuff. That's not what I'm saying, right? Let me just tell you a little story. I put nail polish on my thumb. I was going to take it off, but it looked super ugly because on the 21st of September, I slammed the car door on my thumb. It looks terrible. So what's the first thing that came out of my mouth? I'm, I'm going to be honest with you here. I was like, I know, I know, I know, I know. Ooh, I know, I know, I know. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You said your words to heal me, to heal me, to heal me. To... That was kind of where I went with it. But when things happen, family, when we lose our job, when we get maybe a bad medical report, when, we, when you find out that you're going to have a SARS audit, that's not the time that you actually feel like saying, well, thank you, Jesus. So this is something we really, it's an area we need to grow in the knowledge of that, because there's always something that we have that we can be thankful for. We serve a sovereign God who is bigger, greater than anything that we will face. And if we are willing to give it to him, right, give it to him and give him thanks for the answer. I love what Pastor Bill Johnson said. He says, it is the expression, listen to this, it's the expression of thankfulness that God immerses that which is contaminated into the grace of God and now uses it for our benefit. Isn't that just beautiful? Now, I've heard people saying, you know, whatever happens in my life, you know what, that's just God's will for my life. I just have to suck it up. No, family, giving thanks is the will of God for our lives. That's what the will of God is. But what it says, is that it, it, the Bible doesn't say everything that happens. What it says is that through it and beyond it, Okay, and, and through all of those things, it is the will of God that we give thanks and praise in the middle and through that challenge because we will be victorious through it. The challenge is not from him, but there's always something that we can find to thank him for in the middle of it. And the bottom line is this, in any given circumstance that we face, we, we actually have a choice. We can actually choose that I'm going to complain and I'm going to moan and I'm <laughs> get it all, just vent. Or we can stop and say, I'm going to give this to God and I'm going to express my thanks. But actually, you can't do both. You actually can't give thanks and complain because you cannot give thanks with an ungrateful heart. We understand that, right? Now I want you to know that family, he will always make a way for us. We can always look at our circumstances and say, you know, I'm not exactly where I want to be. There's much more things that I want to still do. And you know what? We just continue in giving praise and thanks to God. There is, he is going to make a way for us, even where there seems to be no way and things are going to change. And quite honestly, you know, if our whole attitude becomes that which we pursue, reasons 
to give God thanks. You know, there are 10,000 reasons for my heart to find. When we start pursuing that, it's going to change our whole outlook on life. I mean, every single morning we have a choice. I can get up tomorrow morning, okay, this is not me, somebody, and say, you know what, oh, it's Monday, and I don't like my job, and the people don't like me, and actually I don't even like them, and now I've got to go there again. Family, or I can get up and say, thank you, God, that I've got a job. Thank you, God, that whatever you've given me, and I'm going to excel in it, I'm going to do my best, and I trust in you because I have the mind in Christ, and I know that you go before me, and you make my way straight, and thank you that I can shine my light wherever I am, and I love my job. And you know what? We're going to create our future. You know what it says in Psalm 100, verse 4, right? We know the scripture well. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving in your heart and into his courts with praise. Now, what are gates? Gates are an entrance. This is telling me that thankfulness is my ticket to get past the gates so that I can get into the presence of God. Amen? How else am I going to get there? The only way is that I have to enter with the thanksgiving in my heart. Thankfulness is actually the beginning of the revelation of God's nature because I'm going to draw closer to Him. It's all about bringing God's presence into that situation. When we give, when we give thanks for the weakness in our situation, this stuff over here, it's actually the highest expression of our faith because it brings the presence of God into that situation. Now, Jesus demonstrates this. I just think it's so beautiful. In John chapter 6, and I want to read this from verse 1, as we just see how Jesus makes this work in this amazing situation. It says, after this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. Verse 2 says, a huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Go down to verse 5 now. It says, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all of these people? I love what it says in verse 6. It says he was testing Philip. The way I read this, he was teasing Philip because listen to what he says. He says, it says he was, te he was testing Philip because he already knew what he was going to do. Verse 7 says, Philip replied, and I hate to admit this, but this is probably what I would have said. Even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them, <laughs> right? Verse 8, it says, in Andrew, Simon Peter's brother spoke up, verse 9. Then a, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Jesus says this. He says, tell everyone to sit down. Right there's a secret. Family, when we're stressing out and freaking out, it's very hard to get into an attitude of gratitude and know that God is in control. God works when we are at rest. God can do something when we say, Father, I'm giving it all to you. So he says, tell everyone to sit down. Jesus said, they sat down on the grassy slopes. Just that picture for me is a picture of peace. All these people just sitting down waiting on God. Amen. It says the men alone numbered about 5,000. So we know with the woman and children, it was probably over 10,000. Verse 11 says, Jesus, listen to this. Jesus took the loaves. He gave thanks to God and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, right? And they all had as much as they wanted. So let me ask you this question. What is it that he had? Right? He had not enough. Am I right? He gave thanks holding that which was 
not enough. Hear me? And even that, little that he had became more than enough to meet the need of all of those people. And there were still some left over. Isn't that awesome? So this evening I want to ask you this question. What would you say would be the greatest enemy of gratitude and thankfulness? Just think about that for a moment. What do you think is the greatest enemy of gratitude and thankfulness? Now, I really think that there's maybe more than one answer, but I want to deal with two tonight. And the first one would be envy, or maybe I could call it covetousness. You know, when I see something that somebody else has, and instead of focusing on all that I have, I rather focus on that which somebody else has. And then I want that, and I become envious because I don't have that thing. Many people, what they do, they go on Facebook, and everybody shows this wonderful lifestyle that they're living. And let me tell you, a lot of that is fake news, because you're never never going to post your bad days. And then they desire, and they covet, and they're envious of that lifestyle, which is not even real. I mean, probably the best example is when you see little children playing. Anybody seen that? You know, there's a pile of toys, and a child's here, and playing happily with a toy, and another child's there, and suddenly this child sees that one, and decides, no, I prefer that toy, throws this one down, and just takes it. You have a screaming kid. Why? Because they're not focused on all the stuff that's been made available to them, but they'd rather take that which someone else has got. Or sometimes even, I'm sure we've all heard this, you know, you've got a family, you know, pushing a stroller with a little one in through a shopping mall, and suddenly the child sees something that they want, boy, and the whole mall knows about it, right? Focusing on the thing that they don't have. Let me say this, it is possible that the more a person gets what they want, the less they appreciate what they have. Isn't that the truth? Let me say it again, it's possible that the more a person gets what they want, the less they appreciate everything that they already have. And I promise you, family, we have right here so much to be thankful for, so, so much. And we just need to take time to focus on all of the blessings that God has given us. And then we can walk in this attitude of gratitude because we know that it's true. Here's what I do. Sometimes, if ever I kind of feel vaguely looking at something that, I, that, that someone else has got, firstly, I get happy for them because you know what? If God gave it to them, he can do it for me too. So that's the first thing. Secondly, every now and then I kind of consider what other people that, that are less fortunate than myself and let me tell you, when, we, when I get into that, I really want my thankfulness and my gratitude to overflow in generosity. Because ultimately, that's, I believe, what we can do. And let me tell you, I found the scripture that blows my mind every time I read it. Because I believe this is how God wants us to live. It says this, it's in Psalm 41. It says, Oh, the joys of those who are kind to the poor. The Lord rescues them when they are in trouble. The Lord protects them and keeps them alive, and he gives them prosperity in the land. He rescues them from their enemies. The Lord nurses them when they are sick and restores them to health. Now, I don't know about you, but I want that in my life. I really do. And so I made a decision a long, long time ago that a month would not go by that I don't contribute to our welfare department because I want to give to somebody less fortunate than myself. But how do I do that on a regular basis and know that, that they're receiving that? With the welfare department, I know what happens to that money. 
So I want to brag a little bit on what I've contributed to and so many of you have contributed to as well. Let me listen to this. We have supplied over a thousand lunches a week to underprivileged children in schools. We have supplied over 3,000 meals to the homeless. We have supplied 500 blankets and beanies in the winter, 500 ponchos and socks to families that find themselves in the streets in summer family. Yeah, how scary is that, that we've got families that have been without work for so long that they're literally living with their children on the streets. We've supplied hundreds of meals to people that have, that have just going through hard times. And in addition to that, on a continuous basis, we're helping our children's homes, teen girls in troubles, abused women, folks in the shelters. We've served our city in over 46 projects in our community. We've supplied food even to the pets in the SBCA. Praise God, family. Praise God. Praise God. In addition to that, we're even involved in the building projects at children's homes. And we've got Christmas coming up, so we've got a long list of things that we want to do for Christmas as well. So I'm asking you, family, rather than focus on what we do not have, let's focus on the blessings that God has given us and let that overflow in generosity. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, starts, it says, above all else. So there's nothing that's above this, okay? It says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. The New Living Translation says, for it affects everything you do. Now here we've been taught to guard our hearts. So we don't walk around being envious and covetous, but we'd rather use the gifts and the blessings that God has given us to make an eternal difference in somebody else's life. Amen? So the second one I want to share with you is one of the biggest enemies to thankful, having a thankful heart is simply unforgiveness. Because we can never, if we've got bitterness and unforgiveness in our heart, we cannot have a grateful heart, family. How can we walk around being joyful and happy and thankful when we're carrying this load on the inside of us? And maybe it's something to do with this thing over here that I'm unable to give thanks for. Maybe I'm even mad at the government at Eskom. <laughs> Whatever it might be, we need to deal with that thing. Now, I'm not saying thank God that we've got no power. I'm saying thank God he's going to make a way for us. Amen. When that stuff, when it makes us bitter, it's very, very difficult for us to give God thanks. And then you know what happens, family? You must remember when we walk in unforgiveness, we're actually separating ourselves from God. And He's the author of life. The Bible says that's where joy and happiness comes from, heaven. So how are we going to walk around being happy and joyful and enjoying this life when we're walking around with this heaviness? That's the reason that Jesus told us this. In the Gospel of Matthew, he said this. This is in Matthew chapter 6, if you want to have a look at it. Verse 14, he says, For if, and I love this little word, if, it's so tiny, but it carries such a big meaning, as Pastor Greg said earlier. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Verse 15 says, But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. That's heavy. But it's so important, and we've got to stand that if, if we have unforgiveness in our hearts, if we're not willing to forgive, we're actually saying, Father, what they did to me is worse than what they did to Jesus. And we know, Father, we know, family, that's just not true. We, so, you know, and sometimes we feel we've got a right not to forgive somebody. It's not true, family, because what they did to Jesus was worse than anything anybody could do to anybody. So just let it go. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. So I want to share with you just three things that we can do that we can really continue to, to 
and I want to say deliberately walk in a way that we can give thanks to all the time. And I'm going to be spending a bit of time in Colossians chapter 3, so you're welcome to turn in your Bibles if you want to. I'm going to start from verse 1, and it says, since you have been raised to a new life with Christ. Listen to this. It says, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in place of honor at God's right hand. So what the Bible's telling us right now is we need to focus our thoughts somewhere else. We were raised from Christ. Family, we're living in this world, but we are not of this world. We are, our heaven is our home. We are heavenites. I like that word. So that's where we should be focusing. Let me carry on in verse 2. It says, let heaven fill your thoughts. Do not think about the things down here on earth. For you died when Christ died. What does that mean? If we are dead to all those things, it's not going to affect us. It's as simple as that. It says, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Verse 4, and when Christ, who is your real life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. Amen, family. Verse 5 says this, so put to death, that's the key, I'm saying it again, put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual sin, impurity, lust, shameful desires. Don't be greedy for the good things of this life, for that is idolatry. Pastor Tracy, that's what we were talking about earlier. What we are seeing here, family, is the first thing we need to do is we need to change our focus. We need to change our focus. If I want to be that person that's thankful, I've got to change my focus. I've got to fill my mind with heaven's thoughts. And if you read Philippians 4, 8, I'm sure you've all read it. It says, think on these things, things that are good and of good report, that are true, that are, think on those things, because that will keep our minds in, in, in an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving. If I'm just going to be filling my mind with all these disappointments, all these I don't have this and I haven't done that and I should have and I could have and accomplished all of these things, I'm just going to be grumpy. I'm going to feel insecure. I'm going to feel inferior. I'm going to feel insignificant. How do I get a thankful heart out of that? So the first thing that we need to do is change our focus and focus on the blessings of God. And the greatest blessing of all is that we that our names are written in the, in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen, everybody. Now think about this. I mean, what we don't get here, God, God has got so much more for us in heaven anyway. So let's focus on those things. So let's change our focus. Let me carry on in Colossians 3. I now want to look at verse 12, and it says this. It says, since God chose you to be a holy people whom he loves. And I want to push pause. Look at your neighbor and say, you are a holy person whom God loves. There's something to be thankful for. Praise God, family, he loves us. It says you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Verse 13, oh, I love this. It says you must make allowance for each other's faults. And I'm going to just push pause right there. Let's talk about that for a moment. The, the Bible says that we need to make allowance for each other's faults. What does that mean? It simply means that somebody somewhere, somehow, is going to let you down, is going to disappoint you. It's going to happen, family. I wish I could tell you that it's not going to happen, but it's going to happen. And really, that's what the Bible's saying. It's saying, make allowance for that. How many of you are going on holiday next month? Yay. So when, when you pack... What do you do? You pack in a jersey. Maybe it's going to be cold. You pack in a T-shirt. Maybe it's going to be hot. 
You allow for those things. That's what we say, make allowance. If somebody hurts you, tell yourself, you know what, maybe they're just having a bad day. They probably didn't mean it. I'm just going to forgive them anyway. Bible continue, it continues, it says, you must make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive the person that offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. And the most important part of clothing that you wear is love. Love is what binds you together in perfect harmony. And then it says, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, we are called to live in peace. Praise God. I'm so grateful to the Lord family. So we must forgive people. It carries on and it says, you are called to live in peace. How many of you want to live in peace? And then it says, always be thankful. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. So we make allowance for that and we forgive them. So let's have a look now at verse 16. It says, let the words of Christ in all their richness live in your hearts and make you wise. Use his words to teach and counsel each other. Then it tells you how sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, let it be as a representative of the Lord Jesus, all the while giving him thanks to God the Father. And so the third thing I want to highlight to you tonight out of this portion is that we need to express our thankfulness. And it tells us right there how to do it. We can sing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs to God, but it also says in everything that we do or say. So when we say it, we're expressing it, but what are we doing? And I'm saying once again, family, we know that that's why we're always talking about growth track. And we know that our third value is simply that we need to discover the reason that we were created so we can fulfill the purpose that God has for us. I mean, so we can do it by our actions. So we can go to Crosswick, discover our gifts, and use those gifts to make a difference. That gives thanks to God for what He's placed inside of us, the potential that He's given us. Those are our values. And maybe that's in, in our welfare department. Maybe you said, look, I can't contribute. But we can be a part of it. And you're welcome to do that because here's what you've got to know. Not only do we clothe and feed people, family, we share the love of Jesus with them. We give them the greatest gift of all, the gift of eternal life. We offer it to them, family. It's interesting to note this, that the Hebrew word, when you look at that as opposed to the English word of thanks, there's a slightly different connotation. For example, if I receive a gift and I'll say to the person, thank you very much, express my, my delight in the gift, and I go around and I enjoy it. In the Hebrew connotation is, maybe Pastor Simone gives me a gift, all right, and I say to her, I love it, thank you, Pastor Simone, really appreciate it. But then what I do is I might go to maybe my husband and I say, you know, Pastor Simone is such an amazing person. She's always so generous. Look what she gave me. Now it's not about the gift, it's about the giver. In a biblical context, that's called witnessing. To tell of the one who gave us the greatest gift of all, the gift of eternal life. That's what it's all about. Family, that's how we give thanksgiving to God. And let me tell you something. That's why we come to church, so that we can know Him better. So we can get to know Him and walk a life that is pleasing to Him. 
and this stuff over here that we feel we can't give thanks for, that we can get involved in our group structures, that we can find freedom and that we can walk with, with hearts that are grateful unto God, that we can forgive, that we can forget those things and we can move on, discover our purpose and make a difference. That's what God has called us to do, family. He wants us to walk in freedom and in thanksgiving. But the very first step that we need to take is that we need to receive the gift of eternal life. We need to make Jesus Lord of our lives. That's the first step. So I want to ask you if you would just be so kind just to bow your heads and close your eyes for one moment. And now if you're here, maybe you're just not sure about that. I'm speaking about walking in the fullness of all that God has done. And you're saying, but I don't even know how to do that. The first thing that we need to do is we've got to stop and say, I receive Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. The Bible says that we need to confess him with our mouth that he is Lord and that he was raised on the third day. And I'm so excited to be able to lead you into a prayer in a moment that will help you to do that and that you tonight can walk away being a child of God, being a family, of, of, of being part of an eternal family. Or perhaps you're sitting here and you say, I feel like I've, I'm not living this life. And maybe I feel like I should rededicate and just, just say to God again, I want to live this life. I want to live in the fullness of this life. I would love if you would join in this prayer as well. Or maybe you're just not even sure if you're going to heaven. And I want to tell you, friend, if you're not sure, then maybe you're not going. So you need to join in this prayer as well. So in a moment, I'm going to count to three and I'm going to ask you that if this is, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Firstly, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Secondly, if you would like to rededicate your life to the Lord. And thirdly, if you want to be sure that you're going to heaven. So I'm going to ask you to do that right now. I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. Just raise your hand up right there where you are. You don't have to come up here. I'm not going to come down there. Just raise up your hand. Somebody in a moment is just going to come and put their hand on your shoulder and just pray with you. Just raise it up. I see those hands. Thank you so much. Maybe, as I said, you just want to rededicate your life. I see your hand. Thank you so much for raising your hands. Hands going up everywhere. This is your moment. This is what we're here for. This is the most important moment of all is that first step that you can enter into this new life. Are you ready? Just say this after me. Dear Jesus, thank you that you paid the price of all of my sin. Thank you that you came and you saved me and you took it all that I can be one with you. Thank you for this moment that I receive you right now as my personal Lord and Savior. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you were raised on the third day and I believe that you are alive. Thank you that you have changed my life right now. Thank you, Lord God, that you gave Jesus so I can be free. I am now born again. I am saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, family. Let's put our hands together for you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, 
We hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.